Welcome to the Duluth Rundown interview section. Uh, we are just about to get going with our next interview, but first, a message from our sponsor, Austin Jaro Sports. Austin Jaro is where you want to go to get anything running related from gear to shoes to food, and of course, great advice uh, from all the people that work up there. So uh, check out Austin Jaro at 1025 West Central Entrance here in Duluth, Minnesota. Thanks, Austin Jaro. All right. Thank you, Christina, for being on the Duluth Rundown podcast. So first question, why don't you tell us how'd you get started in running? Um, I feel part of this is actually this is like legend now because sometimes when I tell the story of how I got started I try to make it funny um, and it is a little bit funny because I recall like being in gym class running around with my friends and one of my friends said to me wow you're fast I'm gonna go out for track in the spring when we get to high school you should too and like fast forward a year track rolls around I join the team she does not and I find out real quick that I am not fast, like not at all fast. Um, and not even that, like I didn't have the talent really for anything. Not, not, not only was I not like a fast sprinter, I also couldn't go very far, but they let everybody who wanted to be on the team participate. And I remember racing the 100 meter dash and I think I did that because I couldn't go farther. Like I don't think I could sprint a 200. So I really only had one option. Um, and I was also really at that age, like attracted to the cool looking events. So I wanted to hurdle and I wanted to long jump and I was so bad at both of them. Um, but there was something that I liked about being a part of it. And I think subconsciously also, like, I don't remember this being a part of my decision, but when I was in ninth grade, my dad ran a marathon for the first time. And so I'm sure that played a factor, like seeing him do that. Um, and after one year of just being terrible at sprinting and jumping, I talked to my coach and was like, hey, I wanna be here, but clearly I'm not good at this. And she said, why don't you go work out with the throwers? And I was like kind of offended, <laughs> which I don't know why, like I just thought, no. Um, so I went and tried distance running, even though I couldn't really do it yet, but there, it just like was attractive to me. And so I kept trying and here I am now. I've, I started out not being able to run 100 meters, and now I can run marathons. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you say that about the high school kids, because, yeah, for, especially with regards to track, mm -hmm. 400 meters is a distance event for them. Yeah. Like that, and 800 is like so many of them, they can't even. Unconceivable. Two times around the track? Mm -hmm. No way could I, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and by my senior year, I was kind of like, I would do whatever they wanted in order to get to travel so I remember going to the true team meet because I was willing to run the 3200 yeah. like at that point I could do it and I wanted to right so I got to go to the fun meet yeah exactly it's funny and how in those four years the perspectives change so much. pretty quickly between ninth grade and, and senior year mm -hmm. yeah I think that's such like a common theme throughout the podcast you know interviewing so many people as well about how just that like community mm -hmm. and wanting to be involved is such a uh, integral part why people start running and definitely and continue stay with it. Yeah. Stay with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious, Christina, do, uh, do, do you remember, did you have any like mentors or people who pushed you or was it kind of just like in your own mind? Like, I want to um, be. It was a lot be? in my own mind, a yeah. lot in my own mind. I really, I think I believed in myself more than anybody else did. <laughs> um, you know, I think I, there were times that I'm sure my mom and dad were wondering, why is she doing this? What is like, why is she going out there and failing at something over and over? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was I was having fun and I, I knew I could do better. Um, and my coach at the time, I wouldn't say like she pushed me or mentored me, but she didn't give up on me mm -hmm. and didn't, yeah. um, you know, she just, she let me be there and she was supportive and she, she really 
cared. Um, in fact, that's she kind of was a she totally doesn't know this. I should tell her someday. Um, <laughs> I am where I am now because of her. So she was my track coach and she taught health. Mm-hmm. And I thought when I got to college, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I thought maybe that was it. I thought maybe I want to teach and coach. Um, mm-hmm. And so I got started going down that path, but ultimately didn't like the teaching side of things. Yeah. But I took anatomy and physiology and prevention and care of injuries. Um, and all I believe all three of those were taught by athletic trainers at my college and so I was like oh okay like you guys are cool yeah nice yeah. nice and where did you go to college um, so I started out at the University of Minnesota Morris yep um, I actually ended up staying there for four years even though they didn't have an athletic training program um, and then when I finished there I went to St. Cloud where I grew up mm-hmm. um, and essentially double majored I got a, another bachelor's degree in athletic training and a master's in exercise physiology did you run in college? I didn't. I was okay. going to. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I signed up for it. Like, basically, at Morris, you could register to be in a sport. Like, you could sign up for a class. You know, that I wasn't recruited or anything. Um, but when that summer workout packet came in the mail, uh, I sat down with my dad, and he was like, "Ooh, this like." <laughs> You know, he said, you're, you're not there yet. Um, and I was like, you know, you're right, but I, I want to try. Um, you know, yeah. I've, never, I've never been there yet, you know, in my, in my yeah. four-year running career so far. Um, and he said, well, why don't you start out, um, like, I want you to really focus on school for your first semester. Don't do cross-country. When, if, when spring rolls around, if you want to try track, we can talk about it again. Um, but at that point, I just kind of transitioned into being a regular person runner. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you did still run. I still ran. Yep. Yeah, yeah. There was a running club that I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, I would do. Cool. I, mean, I, I went out like three miles every single day, and then would do a long run on the weekends just for the fun of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're definitely nice. still running. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I never. Yeah. Tony's question was a little vague in that. Uh, did you run? Like, as in. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's I, I ran, ran. Yeah. That's what I think you meant. Yeah. Right, right. Totally. But, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Most people. Yeah. When most people ask me if you ran in college, they mean like, did you compete? Yeah. 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 Well, my first. Yeah, my first question when I asked if she ran in college, yes, was yeah. you compete on the team. Yeah. Right. That's what I meant. Right. Yeah, but then, yeah. Definitely exactly. in college is a normal for right, right. here right. running every day. Yeah. yeah, I was a normal person running every day. <laughs> okay. And was that something like through uh, high school that you still kind of brought on, like as like a, a habit or Yeah, you know, I think the or? habit was there. I think, and this also has been like a th- a theme throughout my whole life because I as an adult I've moved around a few times mm-hmm. um, it's always how I find my people um, so the I made friends on my floor in college by going running with them or that's what I would do then you know when I moved off campus and lived in a house I would run I would go for a run with my friends yeah. um, we would do the the campus homecoming 5k together um, and then yeah, every time I, I pick up and go somewhere, I join a running club, or like that's how I learn my way around. Like I'll go out for an out and back, maybe get a little bit lost, and then yeah. learn my way around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, do you think you made the right choice? Maybe focusing more on school and just like kind of jogging, or Probably. do you look back? Probably. For so for a while, I regretted it, um, and one of the reasons is kind of silly. I've. I regret it in part because I've always wanted to run a steeplechase and I've never gotten to because <laughs> yeah, yeah. like that's you know you don't have that's not in high school and right. then um, I've had one opportunity to do that as a, a grown-up um, a few years ago when I was living in Chicago they had a track meet that was a fundraiser for one of the yeah. school programs oh, cool. and I signed up to do the steeplechase 
but they called me like the day before and said, hey, there's only you and one other woman signed up for it, and you're also both signed up for the mile, so we're just going to scratch the steeple. And I was like, darn oh, it. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they just ran the men and women together, probably. They could have. Yeah, I don't know why they yeah. didn't. Wow. But. They still have those, by the way. Yeah, you can do <laughs> master's track races, and there's... there's. <laughs> I would love to do the that. The steeple. Yeah, I want to just, just to kind of maybe plant that seed for Sometimes you when future. it's just like rainy outside and there's puddles, I kind of pretend I'm doing it. I know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That I think for me, that would be like the least desirable. Oh, like, I know. That seems so hard and scary. Well, and like, I, yeah, I've worked with, I've worked with a couple of college coaches who like, that was their race when they were in college. They actually did it and they're like, you're mm. nuts. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> like, you want to do <laughs> Right, right. It's often considered the toughest. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the toughest uh, track and field event that there is. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so what about racing in college? I mean, did you get into racing at that time or were you just kind of focused a on A little bit. You know? Um, you know, at that time still, you know, I had built up a fair amount of endurance. I was still very slow. Um, so I would do I would do 5Ks just to do them, just to be a part of it. Um, time wasn't really a factor for me. Um, in grad school, I did my first half marathon. And then I would say it was probably once I... Once I was totally done with school and started working, I just started to notice gradually that I was getting better. Mm. Um, like I remember one day being out on the lakefront in Chicago and realizing I'm not getting passed by every other runner out here. <laughs> like this is kind of a first. Yeah. Um, and then there would be times when I would like do a 5K or a 10K and be like, dang, I feel good. Like this is, this is different than it used to be. It's not just a slog. Like I kind of feel like I maybe have a little bit of, a little bit of speed in here. Um, and so then I started trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it took uh, from, till you, till you experienced that, um, that feeling of, oh, I'm getting better. Yeah. Like, um, you know, it was, I would say it was gradual. Like every, every year there was probably a little bit of improvement. Yeah. Um, the first time that it was like a major majorly noticed was this is probably like five or six years ago now I did a 10k and I finished it and looked at the results and realized that I had come in fourth in my age group Mm -hmm. and I was like shoot fourth like and it wasn't it was close too like I think I was maybe 10 or 12 seconds behind the girl who was third and I thought okay like podium we're here we're here now now I'm gonna chase that now and for the last for the last five years I've been trying to crack the top three and everything pretty much <laughs> and with that we'll call it success mm-hmm. there's a lot of ways to measure obviously yeah. success in running but your performance is one mm-hmm. of them so with that new success did that gain an, an enthusiasm for you did that yes. kind of spark little extra thing for yeah. You? yeah yeah i would say that it's like the enthusiasm was kind of always there because i enjoyed it totally um yeah. but to uh, to quote one of my coaches that I used to work with, winning doesn't suck. Um, right. Like it's that it definitely helps motivate a little more. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I, yeah. With regards to running and, mm-hmm. and performance, and, and I know that not everybody gets to necessarily feel all of that yeah. because of just whatever their abilities and mm-hmm. all that kind of a thing. And like I say, there's so many different ways. We all know that there's so yeah. many ways to enjoy the sport. But if you're someone who can can start to experience that that is like a, just a little extra thing mm-hmm. that's really really nice and kind of keeps you going mm-hmm. and 100%. yeah 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 i always i think it's a nice kind of a little blessing yeah 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 a little little icing on top yeah totally mm-hmm. so you recognize you you can kind of i mean not really pinpoint but kind of pinpoint a specific mm-hmm. 
uh, change or difference in your fitness or yep. abilities from like kind of flatlined to all of a sudden, yeah. like I'm feeling better. What's What was the X factor there? Like looking back, reflecting, what changed? Um, I mean, I can point to probably a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, one would be... I think I became, I think I was very consistent and I, I was pretty consistent all that time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's like now I'm getting all tongue tied, um, being consistent, <laughs> um, doing and doing some of the little things like taking good care hmm. of myself. Um, there are, and there are other things that I like, like I mostly run, but at that time that I was noticing those improvements, um, I also, I didn't have a car, so I bike commuted both oh, ways. Yeah. So I was there was cross training going on, and yeah. um, I belonged to a, an Orange Theory gym, which is like a hit slash strength training class. Yeah. So I was getting all these different types of training in, and I think that was really helping a lot. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Did you kind of download online training plans? Were you reading books? How did you go about your training um, in those years while yeah. you were progressing? Early on, so like once I, when I was actually training for races, like if I had a goal race in mind, I would find a plan online. Um, Once I got into marathons, then I definitely was using Mm -hmm. um, training plans, like not trying to wing that. Um, And then once it became, once I started racing a lot and it got really habitual, I just kind of always kept the pattern going. Like, Mm You know, right now at this moment, I'm not really preparing for anything, so I'm just running for fun. But um, most of the time, I kind of keep a, you know, a long run per week, a faster day per week, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So essentially, twelve months a year. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, with some more focus mm-hmm. in in the actual season, season, and yep. just kind of right now. You're doing bike commute. You're mm-hmm. doing, uh, you know, workout. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I guess did your running volume or intensity anything change with that or I mean sometimes can you yeah mainly? like I can yeah. I can think back to like one period of time where work was crazy busy um, and I was working long hours so I was kind of tired from that and then I was you know biking to and from and at one point I realized like shoot I haven't run at <laughs> all in a few weeks um, it was okay like there you know there wasn't anything that I was training for so I, w- and I was still getting plenty of physical activity but I did I missed it um and yeah. you know it feels different like the I feel like the mental feeling that I get from running is different from biking especially when it was just biking to work on city streets you know it wasn't like out enjoying nature yeah um and so at that point I was like you know what I kind of want to change this up a little bit I lived five miles from work so I started doing some run commutes as well nice yeah. um so I would do like Maybe I'd run there in the morning and then take the train home at the end of the day or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I think it's just so fascinating how that like accumulation and just exercise volume in mm-hmm. general can make such a big such difference. Such a big but difference, yeah. yeah. You got to drive to work or mm-hmm. get to work one way or another. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yep. and consistency. Mm-hmm. Accumulation and consistency, yeah. Uh, what did you think, Christina, about run, run commuting? I mean, did you like it? Was it just kind I of I did. Like, I yeah. liked it. I kind of liked... I, I liked a little bit the, um, you know, my coworkers thought I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Kinda, right, that right. was kind of nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was really fortunate. You know, I was working in college athletics, so I had a great locker room to use. Oh, nice. And um, it's just, it was the best possible setup. Yeah. Um, so it was as easy as could be. Um, it's a little bit, I still do it sometimes. It's just a little yeah. bit trickier. You know, I have to like carry my 
body wipes and dry shampoo and things like that. But <laughs> right, right. Um, that's fine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what like your setup was. Like, mm-hmm. did you have like a, a specific like backpack? Or I do. Stuff yeah, or? I'll do yeah. a product plug. I guess I have yeah, this. Yeah, um, I have a running. It's it's a running backpack specifically designed to be that from Nike, and okay. it's incredibly comfortable. It has two sets of straps, um, like a waist strap and a chest strap, just like you know, like a hiking backpack would. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've found. It just feels good. Like people ask me, like, doesn't it bounce? Doesn't it bother you? And it doesn't at all. Mm-hmm. And actually, the more I feel like the more stuff you have in it, the less it bounces. Right. Um, it just like it fits really nicely. Yeah. So I'll I can carry an outfit, an iPad, my lunch, like whatever in there, and it yeah. works fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I found like run commuting like the bounce for me it's inevitable it happens mm. but uh i almost like it from a training perspective because mm-hmm. i'm like resistance like almost like stay like flat mm-hmm. line you know mm-hmm. like don't bounce too much because mm-hmm. i know like with running economy if i bounce yep. less it's good it's so yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's yeah. a little feedback it's a little it's feedback like, yeah. some cues back there yeah. yeah something different like running into a headwind might make you stronger mm-hmm. faster right. you know it's like <laughs> run commuting yeah i'll get stronger <laughs> That's cool. So, uh, what uh, prompted? I guess uh, it sounds like you you were doing kind of shorter races, five mm-hmm. k's, ten k's, eke into the half marathon. Yep. Like, was that part of the plan? No. And so, like, I know exactly what changed. So, when <laughs> I did that first half marathon in grad school, I finished it and was like, "Oh my god, that was so hard." Um, I was those last three miles. I was just dragging, um, and I told myself afterwards, "That's enough. Like, I don't ever need to do a full <laughs> marathon." That was as hard as I ever care to work. Um, and then I would, a couple years later, I had gone and taken a job in Washington, D.C., and a coworker of mine was supposed to do the Marine Corps 10K, which mm-hmm. is one of the races that's on the same day as the Marine Corps Marathon. Mm-hmm. And something came up. She couldn't do it. And so she was like, hey, you run. <laughs> do you want to do this 10K? <laughs> Take my bib. And so I was like, sure. Yeah. So I did it. And it was such a cool environment like Mm. the marine corps race experience is awesome and i was running along doing this 10k and thinking next year i'm gonna do this marathon nice and i did yeah (laughs) the following year i ran the marine corps marathon for my first first one i think i was 25 26 years old something like that what was it that really made you go i'm running the 10k but i'm doing the marathon i think it was just kind of everything surrounding uh, it was just so cool. Like, I think that was, you know, I, I had spectated, my dad did two marathons. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, he did Twin Cities and Grandma's, and I saw both of those happen. But I feel like the environment at Marine Corps was just like a little bit different, a little more electric. It's huge. Mm, it's right. so yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, it just really got me fired up and excited about it. Mm-hmm. You were living in Chicago for quite a, did you go watch Chicago Marathon? Um, I had never, I didn't watch it prior to doing it. So let's see here. I, um, in 2009, I moved to Chicago for an internship. Mm-hmm. Didn't see the marathon that year. Not even sure I was really aware it was happening because my internship was just like yeah. crazy busy. You get so locked yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and then, so the following year then would have been when I moved to DC and I was there for four years. Came back to Chicago in 2015, I want to say. And I ran Chicago for the first time that year. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I and I did Chicago four times. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. You like, mentioned like electric atmosphere yeah. with Marine Corps, and that Chicago, Chicago has it too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I like 
oftentimes I'll I'll have headphones with me um, for a marathon. Like I don't necessarily put them in unless I need that extra mm-hmm. yeah. something. And at least one of the times I did Chicago, I never put them in because mm-hmm. there's just so much to take in on right. the course. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like, Christina, some progression, you know, again, leading up to the marathon mm-hmm. and then marathon, yep. marathon, marathon. Mm-hmm. What draws you to that event, that distance? Oh, I don't know. So like with the first, when I finished my first one, after I finished Marine Corps, I called my mom <laughs> and I said, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, but I know I'm going to do it again. Um, <laughs> I think there was, there was wanting to do better. Um, mm-hmm. There was knowing I could do better. Mm-hmm. Um it's like the oh gosh, the first time was just like I knew nothing. Um, yeah. You know, I thought I knew a lot about running because I've been doing it for so long. But a marathon kind of changes everything. Yeah. Um, so there was so much to try to do better. Right. And I think that's what it was a lot of times. Like the first four times I did it, I think it was wanting to get a like a little bit better. And then I, I think it was my fifth marathon was the first time I did grandma's. Mm-hmm. And it was a huge PR. And then I was like, all yeah. right, here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's let's keep going. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So just that you had kind of a time set. Yep. And then it's like, let's let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that same way with like 5Ks, 10Ks, halves? Um, I kind of do now. Yeah. Like, okay. I've, I feel like almost, almost every time I run a race now, I'm trying to do the best I possibly can. Yeah. Um, unless there's like some reason that... I can't like two mm-hmm. is it one year ago now or two years ago, two years ago, I got COVID in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then that fall, like I did a, I did the Ely half marathon just to do it, like yeah. just to, to run again, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's fascinating. You know, well, obviously it's not that fascinating. I think everyone run, tries to <laughs> do mm-hmm. the best they can. Yep. But what I find fascinating is now you talk, Christine, about uh, kind of PRs or the mm-hmm. time, but also the placement, how that's been yeah, a motivator. Yep. So when you're prepping for a race, I'm curious, how do you differentiate the two? Are they interconnected or do you um, generally place more weight, more weight on one? It kind of depends. Um, no, I would, I mean, I would say like trying to be top three in the age group is kind of always there unless it's something yeah. enormous, mm-hmm. like Chicago. Exactly. <laughs> right. Or like, I, you know, I was, I was going to do the Twin Cities marathon this fall and I yeah. was going for time not to try to be the top three like that wasn't gonna happen yeah um but yeah if i you know if it's a race where i think i can then i will try yeah yeah are you a competitive person i think so yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) i mean definitely definitely in that um definitely like in my work which is a weird thing to say because like how can you be a competitive person as an athletic trainer but i think i just always have in, in all things have wanted to kind of be the best at it. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm going to do something, I want to be the best at it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you see big differences, you know, running in, you know, locally mm-hmm. in Duluth St. Cloud, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Chicago, Washington, do you see big differences in like kind of the running scene? Cause it sounds like yeah. with moving around, that's mm-hmm. one thing that, yeah, that's I've, to what I've done everywhere. Yeah. Get with the scene, get mm-hmm. with the local running with, with races or groups or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What differences? Um, I would say, well, so I, when I was in St. Cloud, like, you know, that's, I was growing up there, so I wouldn't say I was really in the scene. Yeah. And now when I go back, sometimes it feels like there's not, there's not as much of one as there is here. Yeah. Um, like, I think I currently, 
I think I currently hold like the Strava local legend on the Beaver Island Trail in St. Cloud, and I yeah. haven't run there since oh, who knows when. Like, go after that now. <laughs> I know now that I've said it. Now that I've said it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm always surprised when I go there. I'm like, how am I still the legend? Like, why is nobody running in this town? Um, whereas here, like every single day, I'm getting notifications that somebody stole yeah. my title. Yeah. yeah. Um, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's more active here. It was. I mean, it was huge in Chicago because it was such an yeah. enormous city. Like there were so many clubs, yeah, so right. many teams. I mean, I was even in two of them because oh, I was in hmm. one that was more like chill, social, run and then go get a beer. Um, right. And then I was also on a racing team for like the right. the hard part. Singlet. <laughs> yeah, there's a singlet and like yeah. that. And, and you know, like the the pressure, like what is it? Iron yeah, hardens yeah. iron or whatever that phrase is. Like I, I was training with some good people yeah, and yeah. that helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. helps a yeah. lot. Funny. Yeah, no, that's, that is interesting, the different... Uh, kind of approaches to running around the country in different mm-hmm. communities and there's subtle differences but i think overall anybody can always fit into any oh, yeah. no matter where you are for sure mm-hmm. yeah and it's like every big city has a running team mm-hmm. or a running group chill and get a beer after yeah. you know so yeah absolutely yep yeah, so and that's basically the reason. I mean, I, I wouldn't have any friends anywhere if it weren't for running. That's how I've always met everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets back to the community. You know? I think yeah. it's so supportive and and like to, from like the competitive standpoint mm-hmm. too. Like we all want to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we're signing up for races, like who's everyone like has some goal. I'm mm-hmm. I'm certain. You know, yeah, for I'm sure. Certain. You wouldn't be there if you Absolutely. didn't. Yeah, and Absolutely. just like that, how that accelerates that that fire desire to to wake up every morning mm-hmm. and train you know yeah yeah that's yeah. the fun part one so. of the great things that happens when people begin running and i say begin like in the first five years mm-hmm. really not just the first month but is that everybody inevitably surprises themselves mm-hmm. at some point always and that's so that's really exciting yeah. Yeah. yeah even if it's like the first time you make it around the block yep yeah. <laughs> yep yep absolutely so Christina, how has your professional knowledge um, and what you've seen, you know, as an athletic trainer, mm-hmm. how has that dictated uh, your running training, mm-hmm. uh, just mindset with the sport of running hmm. for yourself? I would actually say maybe it's gone more the other way. Hmm. Um, so, for example, when I after I left Washington DC and went back to Chicago, um, I ended up going to I worked at Northwestern University. And they um, they were hiring for either an athletic trainer to work with swimming and diving and tennis or cross country and cheerleading. And when the, I was called with the job offer, I got asked which one I wanted, and I said cross country. Mm-hmm. Um, because like and yeah, gymnast. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, it was cheer, and cheer too, but like I, it's like <laughs> yeah. I yeah, that was an afterthought. Um, and so the my boss asked me if I offer you swimming and tennis are you going to say no? And I said, yep. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Well, wow. I mean, you know, I had, yeah. I had a job I, yeah. that I was fine with. Like I didn't need yeah, to leave yeah, it, but yeah. I did. I wanted to work at Northwestern mm-hmm. and I wanted to work with the runners. And part of that is because I don't know, there's a strange phenomenon. Like a lot of athletic trainers don't like working with runners, hmm. but I love it because, and I think in part because I am one, but it's also, I understand them. And I understand the injuries, whereas I think a lot of athletic trainers are drawn to things like football and baseball and basketball because they're a little bit more, maybe a little bit more glamorous. Um, But the injuries are also like, you know, it's kind of easy. Like if a bone is broken and sticking out, you can tell. Or if like something's dislocated, you can tell. Um, 
running injuries are a mystery. Right. You, you can't see them. Um, yeah. They're a puzzle, and yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You cannot pay me enough money to deal with um, cheerleading injuries. <laughs> some of them are kind of crazy. I mean, well, some stuff can happen. Yeah, that's an in interesting <laughs> combo, like cross country and cheerleading. I would think yeah. like gymnastics and cheerleading or something yeah. would be. We didn't have gymnastics, okay. and I think part of the reason for the combination um, was that the cross country roster was small. Mm. Um, the practice times were polar opposite, so there were no mm. conflicts. Okay, that um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. just a, a management. Yeah, standpoint. it was a management thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I could definitely, I'm just thinking about the cheer. I'd never thought about that mm-hmm. for a second in my life. But the cheerleading, athletic training would. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. there's stuff. Those people are athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wrists and ankles yep. and. Yeah, broken bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeesh, <laughs> that's freaky. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I was just drinking my that's coffee. Okay. Um, so. With back to the athletic training mm-hmm. and and running, how do not only for your own running, but some mm-hmm. of the 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 work that you do yep. with other runners, like talk a little bit about that, what you yeah. see, kind of mm-hmm. thoughts thoughts on all that. Yeah, so I have I kind of wear a lot of hats right now right. Um, for my work. So I'm employed by Essentia, mm-hmm. uh, and they have me contracted out to Grandma's Marathon um, mm-hmm. as a paid member of their medical committee, mm-hmm. and so I help with recruiting medical volunteers, um, writing some policies, procuring supplies, things like that. Um, And I think it really is helpful, like, you know, just about any healthcare person, like, could do the job technically, but having that insider knowledge of how a marathon works, and especially having, you know, run this one a few times, um, really, I think is helpful. Um, you know, having had the runner experience and knowing, like, if I end up in the medical tent, this is what I want it to be like. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's that's one piece of it. Um, and then they also have me. I'm one of the athletic trainers at Duluth East High School. There's two of us. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's worked out really well. Um, you know, we work with all sports there, but I do like seeing the runners. I feel like I... I love seeing their faces like when I actually solve a problem and they're like, yeah, that does feel better. Thanks. You know, it's, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, um, right now, this is kind of not like fully up and going, but I did start my own business here, um, Superior Running Medicine. Put it on a little pause for multiple reasons. Um, but I was seeing people there for things like gait analysis, injury evaluations, I'm doing some training plans a little bit, but Mm -hmm. that's not really where my passion lies. And so I kind of try to avoid it, but I do do a little (laughs) bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned uh, policy Mm -hmm. with grandmas and medical. Yep. And you ran Twin Cities. Yeah. So thoughts on that as yeah. a runner and as a policymaker yeah. on that decision to Lots of thoughts. The race. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I was happy they did it, um, okay. which is you know <laughs> hot yeah. take. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, hot take. And I and it, <laughs> funny, funny. Um, and I know, I knew I saw it coming. So yeah. this is one thing where like me being on the inside, yeah. yeah, I saw it coming, whereas a lot of other people maybe didn't because on I would think maybe the Wednesday or Thursday prior to the race, they sent us out a mass email to all the participants saying the race will go on as planned if the entirety of the event can be held under red flag or better conditions. Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized, oh, this isn't gonna happen because the entirety of the event can't. Like mm-hmm. they could start it, um, 
they'll make it a few hours, but those people in the back who are gonna be finishing in five, five and a half, six hours, it's gonna be black flag. Sure. So I knew at that point, this isn't gonna happen. So then like on you know, the night before the race when we went to bed and they still hadn't canceled, I was thinking, huh, this is hmm. this is weird. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, 5.30 in the morning, the notification yeah. came and I was like, shoot, they really should have done it earlier. Yeah, like they, yeah. you know, I feel like those of us who knew the flag system knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, the, those cutoffs aren't something that's public knowledge. Like the flags yeah. are, you know, everybody knows that there's like green, yellow, red, black. Right, yeah. um, but those of us who actually on a marathon medical committee know the temperature cutoffs. Right. And sure. so that's, some people were probably shocked, but I was not. Temperature plus the wet bulb? Wet bulb globe, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right though, that is information that uh, probably needs to be spread out to runners more often mm-hmm. and a little better because mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think a lot of people aren't aware yeah. of that. Yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, it's tough. It's an individual sport, so some people are forgetting about the others that are out there that are taking longer. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I've one thing that I heard from a lot of people after the cancellation was, but we trained all summer in this heat heat and humidity. And I was thinking I didn't, (laughs) you know, the people that live in Minneapolis and St. Paul ran in that all summer, but I would have suffered, you know, I might have been one of those people that they needed to be worried about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's when you have that many people that some are going to be able to handle that kind of thing. And some people simply Mm -hmm. aren't. And that's, yeah, you can't win. That's a, no. yeah, you can't win that. Funny wet bulb story yep. for you. This is a little bit of a sidetrack, but okay. let me think of it. Um, you know Scott Keenan? Yep. So he, obviously the former race director at Grandma's, and um, he was telling me a, a wet bulb story the, the other day from early Grandma's. It was a cold year. Uh-huh. It was cold. And so before the race, early morning before the race, and someone asked him, so how's the wet bulb looking? And he said, well, I don't know. The water's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they were fine. Yeah. They were totally fine for humidity <laughs> and everything that day. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Okay, so if um, TC had a uh, standard, mm-hmm. or they said, like, well, if we can hold it below flat mm-hmm. black flag for the entirety, then mm-hmm. we're good, or, or mm-hmm. else we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard some kind of rumors or just, like, mm-hmm. chit-chat, you know, of, of it was like through um i don't know to be like a major marathon mm-hmm. or it was uh, further insurance or something mm-hmm. so i guess i'm curious uh if generally right is that like a race specific guideline that just um uh, you know the temperatures are in? no it's standardized. standardized um so every every race uses the same the same temperature like mom and pop 5k up at you know so and so in the woods up there they might be able to get away with it because it wouldn't be you know it's there is a legality thing like if somebody were to perish at the mom and pop 5k and Uh, there was like litigation and they were to ask to defend their position yeah and they had if they had knowingly run it under conditions that were unsafe that would be a problem yeah but like they don't have a wet bulb or access right they might not yeah correct right so yeah knowingly and like, I'm curious, is this through like international marathon? I'm just making up. Yeah, no, there's a, and honestly, they just changed their name. It used to be the International Institute for Race Medicine. Now I think it's called like World Endurance Medicine or something like that. So there, huh. there is a world mm-hmm. governing safety body. Mm-hmm. And it would kind of cover like my fake 5K that I'm going to put on next month. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> Are you going to? Are you going to put no, on? The, okay. No, I'm not, definitely not. <laughs> I'll come. Let the record. Let the record state. Uh, there is no, no race starting no, in Mike's backyard. In the woods. Yeah, uh, that's interesting though, because you hear like, oh, it's from the insurance, like they made it or something, you know. No. And it, 
the the real guideline principle it's is real, through yeah. this international <laughs> race. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But like even me, I feel like I maybe know more than most runners you know having been a race director in the past Mm -hmm. i and i have zero idea (laughs) like what how that decision is made Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. maybe not zero but very little so did you have a medical committee no (laughs) No. Uh, maybe i don't know i don't remember (laughs) there's a lot of doctors that run so there's there's people out they could have brought something up yeah right yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, I, I had a question, um, Christina, about mm-hmm. uh, gait analysis. Yeah. That, I think that's something that maybe a lot of our listeners mm-hmm. don't pay much attention to. It's super cool. Personally, yeah, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. And so uh, what's your pitch in general mm-hmm. on gait analysis? Yeah. Why would uh, any given runner, me yep. or a new runner or experienced runner, yeah. like, what's the, the benefit there? There are two primary reasons why you'd want to do it. One is for injury prevention, um, and the other is for performance. Um doing it and a lot of the things that I see on there kind of go hand in hand injury and performance wise um so let's say for example you were were talking earlier about bounce Mm -hmm. um so that's one of the things that I look for um Mm. the like fancy gate term for it is vertical oscillation or like bounce how much up and down you're moving yeah um and that has both performance and injury implications Hmm. because if you're bouncing up and down too much you're wasting energy that you should be using moving forward um so minimizing that bounce makes you a more efficient runner um you use up less energy you can last longer and from an injury perspective the higher up you go, the more force you come down with. And so right. then the ground reaction force up through your legs is greater. And so people that bounce a lot tend to be your like shin splinty people. Um, sure. So those are two important reasons. Yeah. yeah. Or the runner that keeps tripping and falling. That might be me. Yeah, it could be that. I, I need more vertical oscillation. Yeah, or more just more knee drive, getting your feet <laughs> off the ground. Yep. That could help. Mm-hmm. So what do you look for, I guess, primarily? Uh, maybe yeah. for someone looking for performance and then yep. someone looking for injury prevention. I mean, is it vertical oscillation or So that's else? one of them. So I would say there's, I mean, there's lots of things. Like, I, I actually, I have a checklist of a lot of things that I'll look for. Um, okay. But I would say the most important ones, to just narrow it down to a few. Um, so vertical oscillation is one. Um, stride length is another. Hmm. And that's not, like... So a lot of people, when you think about stride lengths, you think about like, like you know, really like reaching out your leg out in front of you. Um, mm-hmm. It's not the distance of the stride. It's how far in front of the center of your gravity your foot lands. Mm. Um, so I'm looking for, you want your foot to land very close to right under your body, right. Um, not way out far in front. Um, and then another really, really important one is hip stability or hip drop. Uh. Um, so you want your hips to be relatively level um you don't want you know when you're when you're in that like single leg standing phase your other hip shouldn't be dropping down oh yeah Mm -hmm. uh is this uh mainly determined on just like not not knowing or not not like like i'm thinking like Mm -hmm. um reduce like if i could Mm -hmm. if i was running right now like reduce my stride length reduce it and it would reduce but yep. then hip drop, I think, like, more that hip, I can't control yeah. that with my hip mind. Hip drop is more of a muscle strength and stability situation. So if I see that on somebody, um, there's there's not a whole lot of verbal cues that I'm going to give them. That's more they're going to get a home exercise plan for their hip yeah. stabilizers. Mm-hmm. I guess to what extent can... Uh, I just control mm-hmm. with my own mind my running gait or, or efficiency. I mean, for some things you really can, um, and so that's part of why part of why I do it. And yeah. when I when I um, sell it, I guess for lack of a better word, I 
offer six follow-up sessions because mm. if you do six sessions of 20 minutes with like verbal corrections from somebody who's trained in gate coaching, um, you make a you can make a big difference. Um, you you can learn and internalize those cues so that they become natural and you're not just having to think about it all the time. Hmm. Uh, what tools are you using? I know obviously yeah. you can just look and see yep. like yo, nope. Yeah, do so I do. Um, there's two ways I can do it. One is that I I can do just like an iPhone video and slow it down and look for those things in slow motion. Um, and I'm very good at doing that like qualitatively. Um, so I can tell somebody like, look, your hips are dropping. Look, you're bouncing too much. Um, when I do it on that, it's just, you know, I don't have numbers to give them, hmm. but I also have a system that is, I think it's amazingly cool. It's a 3d gate analysis system where I put little reflective markers on them hmm. and I use a special 3d camera and that actually measures the everything. It measures the joint angles. It measures the distances. So I can tell them your stride length is 27 centimeters. Your vertical oscillation is eight centimeters. Yeah. Um, and then when we work on it over time, I can show actual improvement, not just right. tell them it's better, but prove it. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm curious, and this can be an open discussion, I mm -hmm. guess I'm curious, what if we looked at all the angles mm -hmm. uh, and, and like kind of key measurements of all the runners in the world. Mm -hmm. And then we look at like Elliot Kipchoge. Yeah. Like everyone should His be like His is beautiful. That. Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> it, like you see that on mm -hmm. the internet, you know, on YouTube, there's all types mm -hmm. of gate analysis. Yep. Elliot Kipchoge, da, da, da. I mean, if everyone had that same form and like, just mm -hmm. like these perfect measurements, you think we'd all be faster and all have less injury? Or like how, how there's much still is this a lot of so, other stuff in there. I mean, right. there's a lot of other factors, you know, that he's got a lot going for him <laughs> besides, besides <laughs> yeah. just beautiful running form. Um, and, you know, sometimes there are things that there, there are gate factors that we do know predispose somebody to injury or we do know affect their economy or efficiency. Mm -hmm. But. Um, there's other things that are slightly less important and if it's not broke, I won't fix it. So mm -hmm. I might see, you know, like I said, I, in addition to those few things that I mentioned, I have a very long list. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody has a few of those other things going quote unquote wrong, mm -hmm. but it's not part of their complaint, like if it's not part of what brought them in the door, then I'm probably going to let it go because, yeah. um, you know, everybody's body's a little bit different. And I'm a great example of that. Actually, if you ever look at a picture of me running um, when my left leg is not on the ground, it looks ridiculously internally rotated. Like I yeah. look wrong, um, <laughs> but it lands in the right place. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I strike in the right place. That looks really good when my left if the picture of me is with my left foot on the ground, I look awesome <laughs> uh, and I don't really have any problems with it yeah so what's the so issue? i let it go yeah. there's no issue mm -hmm. yeah exactly i think a lot of times we get hung up on how something with running form just purely looks mm -hmm. like kipchoge mm. and so many of those canyons they look just beautiful mm -hmm. and yeah. effortless mm -hmm. and fluid but then you look at somebody like say alberto salazar who set a world record in his first ever marathon and he looks terrible mm -hmm. yeah. from from the minute he leaves the starting line he looks yep. like he's in pain and about ready to fall over yeah so and like you mentioned the internal rotation mm -hmm. of the legs i have image of a kid that I, I can think of right now i won't say his name but um 
boy, when he runs, it looks like he's just going to trip over both legs. Mm-hmm. We call it the egg beater. Yeah. And but he, the kids, you know, he's fast yeah. and he's a really good runner, and uh, he's going to run in college, and he just he looks awful, mm-hmm. but he he does it, and so yeah, Makes yeah. It work. Some people get a little too hung up, I think, on oh my god, you look this way, we need mm-hmm. to fix this. Yeah. Well, performance ultimately yep. will tell you if you need to fix it or not. If yeah. you're performing well, yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe other people out there, but I, I've had this situation like at grandma's where, you know, I'm, I'm passed by the mm-hmm. person who has like the, the lean or something. Yeah. Like, how yeah. are they running faster than me mm-hmm. when they're like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like hunched over, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Their shoulders might be sore later. Their neck might hurt, but they're making yeah. it work. Yeah. yeah, totally. Or maybe not because that's how they yeah, run how they day in, day out for years mm-hmm. and years. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like, could they improve by like making some tweaks you know correct maybe. yeah yeah. Well, yeah maybe not mm-hmm. so why would someone call the um uh a, get a gait analysis mm-hmm. like I, for instance like okay if i have like a foot injury yep. like i'm thinking maybe to myself like oh new shoes mm-hmm. like maybe my shoes are wrong mm-hmm. right so there's this whole like checklist of like things yeah. like i should go to the chiropractor i should mm-hmm. maybe eat more vegetables yeah. i should get a gait analysis mm-hmm. you know yeah so um lots of times if somebody comes in for the analysis especially if shoes are part of their question. Mm. Um, I will have them do part of the test barefoot um, so that I can see what their what their stride naturally wants to be. Um, and then I'll also have them do it in like the shoes that they have been using. Um, you know, all the shoe stores around here offer like wear tests and you can bring it back. So sometimes I'll have them be like, go get the ones you think you want and then mm-hmm. come back and we'll, we'll t- try you out on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've done all mm. kinds of all kinds of different shoe type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How mu- how much does shoe play in in the um, injuries and a couple a little. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not like a huge believer that there's one specific best type of shoe. I think a lot of you know lots of them are fine. Um, yeah. It has more to do with like. So some of the really, really cushiony, thick, stacked ones, because they're so thick and comfortable, they encourage heel strike a little bit. Um, so if somebody is somebody who's like one of those shin splinty people, I'm going to tell them actually not to be in the thick one because hmm. they should not be landing so heel. Yeah. Um, what else? Let's see. So that, that was one example of like a, a, a recommendation that I made to somebody. I had a client who came in. Um, he had recently gotten some new shoes. Um, he was having some leg pain and he got up on the treadmill and was running in these new shoes. And it was just like clomp, 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 slap, 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 <laughs> like super loud, super heavy. Yeah. And I had him take those off and go barefoot. And then he was just like this like floaty little butterfly. Wow. And I was like, dude, you need to be in a much lighter weight yeah. shoe. Like this, this big, thick, heavy one is not you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's feedback that, you know, even though a lot of the running stores around, like, mm-hmm. they do have a great service, oh, yeah. but something you might not, like, mm-hmm. this goes a couple levels deeper, yep. obviously. Won't so. somebody always run a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little quieter, running barefoot, yep. a little softer land yeah. because of the feeling, the pain, yeah. the, not quite pain, but, like, you feel that. Mm-hmm. And what they, <clears throat> excuse me, um, when they're running barefoot, whether it's mm-hmm. treadmill or outside, they're going to kind of land up on the forefoot yeah. touch anyway. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah. Which is a little bit better from now if somebody let's so there's three different 
ways. It could be forefoot, midfoot, or a heel striker. Yeah. Um, forefoot and midfoot, both totally cool, fine, great. Mm-hmm. Heel is the one that tends to have a problem for injuries and performance. Um, mm. So basically I was just trying to get him to be a little bit more like how he naturally wanted to be. But yes, mm. almost almost everybody will right. will tend towards the forefoot if they're barefoot because yeah, it feels very bad to land on your heel. Ugh. In yeah. my experience as a runner with dealing with things like Achilles and perineal, mm-hmm. landing on my heel is 10 times better than running mm-hmm. on my midfoot, forefoot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In fact, now that I've essentially switched back, I don't have any of mm-hmm. those problems anymore. Yep. And for what Achilles, I, I would agree, yeah. For what I found is what I was doing when I switched over to try and more of a minimalist approach, and mm-hmm. this was long before I even moved to Duluth, mm-hmm. that I was kind of reading about this kind of stuff. It, I was essentially trading one stress for another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, for sure. And for yeah. me... When, when we talk about natural running, often mm-hmm. they're going to say, well, if you run barefoot, mm-hmm. natural, quote, natural, you're going to run a forefoot. Mm-hmm. But for me, running, and mm-hmm. running means like training every yep. day and on harder surfaces because we live in yep. modern America, the natural way to run was heel striking yes. because of what shoes can allow me to do. Mm-hmm. I could then train more. Yeah because I was injured yeah. less. And we live our life in shoes. You know, We all have had shoes on our feet since we were babies. We don't have the strength in our intrinsic foot muscles to do all of our running right. barefoot and super minimalist shoes. Hmm. Um, but no, I would, I would agree with you. If somebody's having Achilles or plantar fascia issues, they should have the cushier, thicker shoes. They should be landing further back. Right. Um, so mm. it's it's nuanced. It's not you know it's not one thing for everybody. Correct. Yeah. And so. it's not even and the elites run on their forefoot and the mm-hmm. back of the Packers run on their heels. That's not mm-hmm. the case not at the case. all. Yeah. It's yeah. Some elites run. In fact, you know, back to the natural thing. I, the often I remember the, some of these phrases from back in the day, like like children will naturally run up on their forefoot. That's not true. No, yeah. It's not true at all. Yeah. <laughs> Children yeah. will run however they run. Yeah. And there was just, I feel like in the minimalist days, a lot of yeah. um, poor, and I would say focused for a purpose information mm-hmm. that was out there mm-hmm. to sell product often, exactly. or at bare minimum, sell some ideas, which often product was behind that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And I think we've come, I think we're in a better spot now than where we were, say, 10, 15 years ago yes. with everybody needed to run in Vibram Five Fingers. Otherwise, you would never, you know, and like, yeah. Yeah. and of course, now we don't see those anymore. Yeah. So yeah. Well, like- when I ran that first, when I ran the Marine Corps Marathon, I saw two guys who were out there running actually barefoot, like no shoes Correct. at all, yeah. going over the, this, you know, it, those are city streets. Like, right. first of all, I was thinking, you're going to get tetanus, but like, right. but also like, ow, you know, yeah. that's. The whole thing is paved, the entirety of it. And I just can't be convinced that they were going to run to their potential running no. barefoot. Mm-hmm. They would, they would yeah, probably no run fast, even with something on your feet, yeah. so that you can kind of be a little more aggressive, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, anyway. that had to hurt. That yeah. had to hurt. Again, and, and maybe that just truly does work for them, and that's mm-hmm. absolutely fine. There's always outliers to yeah. any sort of theory. Yeah. So, yeah. So what's what's next, uh, race wise, running wise? Yeah. So I am. Business wise. Yeah, running wise. I mean, I am a little bit kind of in my less intense period right now. Although I do have a 
a Thanksgiving Day race coming up that I have a score to settle at. Okay. Um, last year, I did... So my sister lives in Wilmer, Minnesota. And out in that area, they have this road racing series. Um, mm. I think there's about 12 of them in approximately one per month all year. Mm. Um, and last year, I set out my goal to be top female in my age group for that series. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I did that. I, nice. I achieved that. Um, and I placed top three in the age group in every single race except for the Thanksgiving Day one because that one's a lot bigger. You know, people yeah. come home. Um, so I took fourth. And this year that will not happen again. Okay, there you, you go. Know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. So there's a little focus in the there's training. There's a little focus. Yeah. There's a little focus. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, yeah. stay healthy. Do I'm <laughs> doing some speed stuff once a week to keep the turnover. So, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And then after that, we'll see. I don't know. Um, I'll do a few of the winter trail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of them that I can't make it to, I know, due to mm-hmm. work. Um, so we'll just we'll kind of take it as it comes right now. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a place of transition. Um Cause I'm not sure, I'm not sure I want to keep doing so many marathons. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm just kind of looking for some new goals. Yep. Nice. Ultra marathons. Maybe. Is that what, is that what you're like subtly hinting at? Uh, no, I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I don't yet believe that I can. And I know that that has to happen first. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've got to believe that I can make it that far before I try it, I think. Mm-hmm. You totally can. I, yeah, I, I, I believe in you. I can tell you that right now. No yeah. doubt. No question in my Thank mind. Thank you. Zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In fact, you could just jump to the 50 miler right away. Okay. You wouldn't even have to. You Don't even skip. have to worry about the 31. <laughs> no, just skip that one. Just yeah. go straight, straight yeah. to 50. Yeah, easy. No problem. Uh, so living in Duluth, where's your favorite spot to run? Do you have a favorite trail, favorite um, road, favorite I route? I honestly don't know that I have a favorite yet. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, I like running skyline when it's like, you know, nice and pretty. Um, yeah. I let, you know, when it's like fall and the leaves are colored, I love running anywhere. Yeah. Um, I do a fair amount of lake walk just because it's so close to my front door. Like mm-hmm. if I, if I don't want to think about where I'm going, I can just roll out the door and go there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, since moving here, trail running is new to me since I got here. I mean, I never yeah. had mm-hmm. access to trails before. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm liking dipping my toe in that. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Hence the winter trail series. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That, that was a blast. Like, yeah. that was just yeah. so much fun. Those are fun. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Mike? Uh, that's a lot. Yeah. 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 Now you guys can taste your cookies. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. That wraps up episode number 66 of the Duluth Rundown podcast. I want to thank our guest, Christina Nissler, for um, joining us today and for bringing delicious cookies. First guest to bring us food. <laughs> 66 episodes and finally someone brings finally. us food. Hint, hint. Um, I'm hungry. No, that was great. It was a really, really great conversation with, Chris, 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 with Christina. And uh, yeah, it's fun to hear some of her stories, so... Yeah, and thanks to you, Mike, for doing what you do with the podcast. I appreciate it. Yep, of course. See you next time. <laughs>